Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Nikki Kremen. Nikki's a mental health advocate, singer, and speaker. She shared her personal story and gave some really great insight into how we can better understand mental health. I hope you enjoy. Nikki, thank you so much for making the time to chat to me. I'm just calming down now. I felt so bad. I hate making people wait and had a whole bunch of technical problems. So you've been very patient. Um, so I want to say thank you for that as well. And yeah, I'm really excited to be able to just have this chat with you today. So thanks for making the time. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, no worries at all about any of that. I'm definitely excited to be here and talk to you. This is a, a blessing just to be able to share during these times. Yeah, appreciate it. I mean, that's like been probably... I, I launched this just around when COVID started and it's been... I reckon it's been the best thing for me with COVID. I've been able to just connect with people um, from all over and you, you get to speak to people that you wouldn't normally, you know, talk to and, and have like a really like hyper-focused conversation. So it's, um, it is a good thing. It's really, yeah, I'm loving doing it. So yeah, I appreciate it. It's been it. great. Yeah. So, um, what have you been up to? What's been going on in, in your life during COVID? How, how's that all, has that all been? It's been the craziest thing because I'm always one to feel like my sense of happiness and value and all of that. Like I, I'm very aware of not allowing that or wanting that to be dependent on what I'm doing on the outside or what I'm accomplishing. And it's just until those things are taken away, you don't really know maybe how, how you'd feel. And back before COVID and I was being very productive and there's all these things I was doing, it was easier to feel like I was chugging along at life and getting things done and feeling good about myself. And it's been definitely challenging to, to not have those ways of expressing myself and things to do even. So it's been very interesting for me internally. I've definitely taken it as an opportunity to, to learn from that experience of like, wow, I didn't know all of this would really come up in that I would be faced with those feelings of who am I and what am I even doing if I'm not doing X, Y, and Z. Mm. So I've had a lot of downtime during <laughs> COVID and, and I really do appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that human beings are always kind of busy. Like we're worker bees. We're constantly getting things done because not only do we feel like we need to do that to feel productive, but we're in a society where we're, we're meant to be super busy. It seems just, you have to pay your rent. You have to, you have to get things done. So the fact that we all have more time to, to not live in that kind of lifestyle, I think is really beautiful. And I've been able to build really amazing friendships and relationships during this time, which is huge. Yeah. And 
I love that answer as well because it's sort of um, I think that's like for people a lot of people go one of two ways with with COVID as well where um, they can do what you've done and use it to you know reflect and try and you know find ways to grow through it and then other people will be fighting against it and just you know screaming and um, waiting for it to end and just you know fighting just not not saying and I think that is goes for life as well you know whatever gets thrown at us good or bad it's how we interpret it and we can you know learn something from from everything so it's yeah comes down to that mindset exactly it's like this is this is the situation and every day I get to decide whether or not I'm gonna fight it or surrender to it and exactly even in a moment-to-moment basis you know I'm someone who I feel like I'm I'm very sensitive to to my state of being and and how I'm interpreting things so if I wake up in the morning and I feel super overwhelmed like why is this happening the world is in such a crazy place and I don't have all of my regular ways of doing things and it can feel really overwhelming. And then I take the, that moment and that time to remember to surrender to what is because there's really nothing we can do about it other than remain positive and find ways to, to utilize the time. Like, like we said, it can actually be such a big blessing. Like that, that was a big epiphany for me mm. is realizing like, you know, because of, because I think as we, as we grow and like, you know, I'm 25 years old and I'm thinking I need to be at a certain place in my life. And so that, that has been haunting me a little bit recently of you're 25 and you need to figure out what you're going to do and all of these things. Um, but then I had to take a moment to step back and just say, well, actually this, this time, like in everything that's happening externally, first of all, at I'd like to think it's happening for a reason. Like it, it's happening, so wh- what are we going to do with it? And instead of looking at it as it should be different than than it is, I just realized, like, wait a second, when would I ever have this much time to hone in on my talents and my crafts and the things that I like to do? Normally, we're running from one thing to the next. At least I am. So, just remembering to be grateful and take advantage. 100% yeah exactly and it's so hard to find the balance with that as well where you know what I'm always fighting against is I'm really ambitious and but then I'm also trying to work on myself and you know try to just enjoy the process and not get caught up in you know all the external um, need for validation but it's like how do you find that balance where you can still um, try and you know like you were saying earlier when it's like well we've all got a the world requires us to need to to work and to make money and pay rent and you know it's like in it's pretty important to be able to have a quality of life but then it's very hard not to get caught up in everything that comes with that it's such a fine balance to find I find you find that a difficult thing yeah oh the balance of all of it and it's so interesting because I always tell people who feel like people often think in order to just, if you want to go with the flow, then you're not, you're not being productive. And I always try to help people realize that it really is such a a middle ground thing. It's like, I, I can be in surrender to what is, but I can also be working towards my goals at the same time. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So, but how quickly you can kind of slide into one versus the other. Like my tendency is, is more, like feeling like 
uh, I'm the more relaxed person of like, oh, what's meant to happen will. But at the same time, I want to bring out that side of me that gets things done and makes things happen. So I'm always trying to find that balance. But I really like what you said about not really like not getting caught up when you're doing it. Like, for example, if I have a project I'm excited about, it, there's different parts of me that can come online and just say, oh, well, now I'm doing this because if I do if I do this, then that means I'm good enough. Or if I do this, then I might get this amount of validation or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So monitoring that part of myself that ends up kind of trying to sneak in and, and my, where my motivation gets skewed into something that's like, less um authentic and pure and just wanting to continue to get grounded in why i'm doing what i'm doing is super important for me yeah 100 percent. and i think the ironic thing with that is like when we're caught up in whatever it is we're doing um if we're thinking oh i you know i need to make sure that i um you know do it better than this other person or you're looking on instagram and seeing all these people and you're trying to compete and even if it's something you love doing and i've done this with so many things that i love you start hating it because you're like you're taking all the joy out of the process of doing it to compete and the ironic thing is you actually the results are worse anyway if you're thinking like that if you can just remove everything and be like you know what i'm doing this because of these are the reasons that are important to me why i'm doing it and just focus and try and do it for yourself and do it for the right reasons you'll you'll get a better result anyway um exactly yeah so ironic there's so many of those paradoxes and like when when my intentions are are pure you're right like the the result is better and like me being a singer and things like that when when i'm connected to when i'm just loving what i'm doing and i'm not worried mm. about what people think it comes across one way but if i'm really worried about what people might think or how it's going to sound and i'm already conscious of like the result then it kind of it doesn't come across the, the same way but it, it's yep. interesting because it's not it's not that easy to just stay grounded in those pure intentions. Like it takes a little bit of work, I think. Oh my god! I think it takes like daily daily work, and you know, it's like and it's ongoing. It's like never ending work, and also like where it's not only that regular work. We've got to undo habits that have been programmed into us since we're kids. You know, like society's structured that way that you can't function in it and that's why like one of the big things i'm always talking about is we need like proper education in schools and in society about emotional well-being like it's crazy it's like the most yeah it doesn't make sense um yeah it really doesn't but before we go into we, yeah we'll go back into these topics um well i always ask the guests to just give like a, a really brief overview background of um you know who you are and how you've gotten to sort of where you are now. And yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, just a overview so they can have an understanding of um, a bit, a bit more about you. And um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you've, you've done a lot. You're saying you're, you're 25. You're very, very, you seem, seem to be very uh, wise for how old you are. Um, I, I get that feeling talking to. Um, so, so yeah, yeah anyway. it's, it's because I've been through some things, you know, we all have, but um so yeah, my name is Nikki Kremen. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. And um, let's see, where do we begin? I'll give you a very brief <laughs> view of the last 25 years. It's always um, hard to do, but yeah. It's hard, it's hard. But, but basically, I 
when I was younger, I was, I was very active. I, I had a lot of, like, I played a lot of sports and I, I feel like when, from a young age, I might've gotten programmed. We all get programmed in ways like when I was younger and feeling like my worth came from those external things. And like, mm. if I did, if I played well, if I did well, if other people like me, then I would be good enough. So from a young age, I kind of had that perception and different traumas uh, from what my childhood that somehow left me feeling not good enough on the inside. And that slowly turned into um, an eating disorder that I struggled with for many years. And then drugs and alcohol abuse, um, just different, any addiction, substance abuse, really anything that gave me a sense of relief or dopamine, I ended up being addicted to. And it was, it was super challenging because I think, um, obviously I, at the time I know I was doing the best I could with the pain that I had, but mm. all of those methods I had to make myself feel better were very self-destructive and very harmful to my health and, I really, really wanted to change for a long time, but I, I wasn't able to, to figure out why I, I was be treating myself that way. And it really came down to a lack of self-love. And um, I have addiction that runs in my family. I didn't really think that that was uh, the problem because my idea of what an alcoholic or an addict was was very different than the way that I acted. And it wasn't that at, at a young age I drank or used drugs all the time. It's just that when I did, it wasn't good. Every time I used them, it wasn't good. And it, what ended up happening is, is I just got into enough emotional pain living the way that I was living, not even from the substances or anything like that. It's more about how I felt in my skin at when I was walking around as sober. Mm. I just couldn't stand myself. And that was a really terrible feeling. And luckily, it got excruciating enough to where what I feel like happened was one of those like ego death situations, like living in my ego became so painful that it was either I was going to die physically or that identity that I created in my mind was going to have to go. And mm. all like these crazy moments of desperation, I just had um, some amazing experiences where I was able to see that that identity I created was was made up in my mind, that all of my beliefs about myself were things that I had came up with, come up with over the years of interpreting my experiences and attaching meaning to them. And I realized all those beliefs um, could be changed. And I didn't want to keep living with the narrative I was living with in my head. So luckily, I got that willingness and the desperation and the ability to, to take a step back and observe my own mind and my own emotions. And I started dissecting them and just became so completely like in love with examining my inner experience and figuring out how I could make it more enjoyable. So uh, for the last seven years, um, maybe eight, <laughs> I have been on that journey. And I luckily just had so many blessings along the way. And um, I started to, to go to like an AA program and, and did the, the 12 steps, which were beautiful. But what I like, what I contribute, I think a lot of my growth to is just that curiosity and the willingness and reading spiritual books and having that really innate feeling of like, I want to make my life experience better because why would I want to walk around feeling terrible all the time? And like we were talking about, my mind can kind of be my worst enemy. So mm -hmm. um, I've found that my 
difficulties and my pain and my darkness have been really my greatest asset in ways because it's it's turned me to who I am and finding compassion for myself allowed me to find compassion for everyone else and mm. knowing that the way that the same way I was doing the best I could with the pain I have that's how I feel about everyone else as well and yeah for the past six seven or eight years I graduated college um, I started you know, working after college at a, at a startup that was like a mental health startup, an online platform for therapists to manage their private practice. Um, I started to go to school to get a master's in clinical psychology. So I'm in that program now. Uh, the specialization is in spiritual and depth psychology. So I'm really excited to learn about um, tying in like mindfulness based like ideologies with, with um, psychology. And um, I've been working one-on-one -on -one with people for the past seven, eight years. Uh, it's my number one favorite thing to do in the whole world is to sit across from someone else and say, I get it. And like, I, I used to do those things too. And I know what that feels like. And this is how it feels. And just talking about myself so honestly that other people don't even realize that other people are experiencing that same thing. And that's what I think is the most amazing thing in the whole world is when we can connect on those on those topics and learn how to reprogram our minds so that's what that's what i've been up to wow um well thank you so much for sharing it i mean it's um an amazing story and i i love the fact that you're um so open about it because i think it's um it's so important that people hear that i mean that's helping me just listening to that as well like and i'm sure like you said um it would be helping so many people just the fact that you're willing to go and just talk openly and honestly about these things and i've seen it i've i've been doing um public speaking for a bit over 10 years now and really all it all it has been was originally getting asked to go and just share my story and and all i would do is talk openly about what i went through and you know i wouldn't sugarcoat anything just talking honestly and being vulnerable um and to this day that's probably like you said, talking one-on-one, -on -one, that's the thing I enjoy the most. And you see you see a real impact come out of it because people just want, they don't want bullshit. They just want to hear. And there's enough bullshit in the world. Like there's so much crap out there now and there's so much noise. They just want to hear real things. And um, yeah, so I think it's just incredible that you're, you know, doing that at such a young age as well and have that awareness about it and are willing to, you know, put yourself out there and do that work. And um, I'm sure it will. It'll help so many people, but yeah, it's a it's an amazing story and so many lessons to learn from that. And one of the things I was picking up on, which um, I wanted to talk to you about is um, you were saying how, you know, when you made that change, it was when it got to the point where you were, it was, you know, you were going to die if you don't make a change, you, you know, you, and they talk about a lot of the time, people don't normally change unless the, the pain of not changing um, outweighs the pain of changing. Um, have you, do you see that as being something that is pretty common when with people and, and changing? Cause it's like, it's a crazy thing because, you know, we ideally want to be able to educate people to be able to start doing things that are good for themselves earlier on, but it's, it's so hard, so hard to, you know, get that message across. It's, it really is. It's such a, I wish it wasn't, but it seems like it's such a timing thing because yeah. it really is one of those things that I feel like the stars kind of need to align as much as you can try. Like what I focus on is just 
as much as I can being an example within myself of like what's possible and not not expecting anyone to be anywhere along their journey that they're not like I know for me every step of the way was purposeful and I meet people all the time who like they live in a state of anxiety or they live in a state mm-hmm. of caring about what people think or depression and I sometimes look at people who are having a good, really difficult experience and I'm just like it's it's hard because what what gives one person the the, the real ability and willingness to to look at their situation honestly versus versus another like why mm-hmm. why was I able to in those moments to break out of that story that I was living in and why is it that some people who are maybe in an equal amount of pain aren't able to break out? And I don't know if we all just have different thresholds for pain, but I think what you're doing and what I'm doing, like all we can really do is just share our story and hope that it can touch another person's heart. Yeah, 100% and encourage other people to to share their stories. And, and like you're saying there as well, it's, you know, it's reminding people that I think a lot of people and because of the lack of education around it when it comes to mental health um people don't understand how complicated it is and there's you know no one size fits all there's no right or wrong way to go about it normally it's a whole bunch of things that you need to do and you know it's the same concept as like exercise if i want to go and um if i'm overweight and i want to lose 10 kilos if i go and do all the right things and lose that weight um it's not going to stay off if i stop doing all the things that got me there it's like a a never-ending thing um but that can be you know a fulfilling and enjoyable process it's something that can help all of us so it's um i think it's an important thing to remember yeah yeah it's it's very interesting what what might hit someone differently than someone else too and just Mm. kind of the art of communication And, and one thing i've learned is that telling stories about oneself is is really powerful for other people you know instead of me telling someone hey you should realize that you're lovable (laughs) i can tell a story about myself where i didn't feel lovable and that person might make to will feel like oh wow am i am i really loving myself so it's such a crazy thing how we work as humans and and what really touches our heart and so that's one thing i'm trying to learn as someone who wants to spread healing to the mm. world and to other people and ultimately help other people realize their own like heart and, and connect with themselves is that I'm trying to learn how to be effective in that. And that's, that's a whole journey in itself of like, how do I, how do I really effectively help other people? Yeah. Cause again, that's a really complicated thing, isn't it? But it, it is, it's all, a lot of it does come down, you know, where you learn through storytelling and people love to it is that thing of just you listen to someone else telling their own story and then it makes people think oh shit like uh maybe it maybe it is okay for me that i thought that i because you we're always telling ourselves what's wrong with me you know why am i why do i find everything so hard why am i so complicated with how i approach all and the reality is it's like you're not we all have our own you know different things it's just some people don't talk about it some people do. Some people don't have the awareness about it. Some people don't work on it. But we've all, you know, got similar things that we're dealing with. Um, and I think it, we all want to feel, you know, that we're just connected and going through this together and that we can, you know, it's okay. It's We don't have to be, we don't have to be perfect, whatever perfect means, you know, it doesn't exist anyway. Striving for all these things that don't really exist. So, um, 
yeah, like putting on unfair measures on ourselves for our own like love and value. And one thing that's that's coming up for me is just remembering how much shame I used to carry about who I am. And that's one of my favorite things to do is to help other people like let go of that shame, you know, and let go of like if I can if I can see that all of my maybe negative qualities or the qualities that I don't find admirable were just coping mechanisms that I've found through my life and that they serve a purpose and that they're there and that they don't define me. And if I can really like stop identifying who I am with, with like these attributes that I maybe am expressing like in, in a moment, like for example, the attributes I used to have seven years ago are very, very different than, than the attributes I show now. So not only are we capable of change, like it's like having that compassion for ourselves and and realizing that I don't need to, I don't need to define myself by my, even my behavior. I just love Mm -hmm. helping people realize that they can give themselves a break. Absolutely. I remember I was um, talking to, would have been a a therapist a few years back about, um, I sort of had this realization where I was like, hang on, um, sort of had this wave of relief come over me. I was like, everything I want out of life, I can sort of have right now. You know, I love all the, all the things I really get joy out of don't require, you know, any, anyone to give me permission to do it. And I sort of had this relief come over me. And then very quickly, my mind went into um, thinking, oh no, that's too easy. It's too simple. I need to, but at the end of the day, it's like, we don't need, you know, we can give ourselves everything we need right now. And it's a, it's almost a hard thing to, even if you have that that realization about it, it's a hard thing to hang on to because um, it seems too simple. Like it, in in many ways, it's like the hardest and easiest thing to do to be, you know, to be happy and to be at peace because, um, you know, we can all, we all have the ability to do it right now, but then we don't give ourselves permission to do it because we feel like we're not enough if we do just allow ourselves to enjoy it, enjoy things. It really is ironic that we're having this experience of life and, we could choose, theoretically could choose to see it positively and to love ourselves. Like we could choose to have that narrative, but how, how weirdly easier it is to slide into I'm not enough or it's not enough and I'm not happy. So it's so strange that, that we would choose that experience over the the more positive one. But um, I, I also think that it really is like that, the neural pathways and everything like that, that I have to train myself exactly to, to see things a certain way and it takes time and it it's not easy it's absolutely really not easy, but it's it's definitely possible well it's like reprogramming a computer and it's like it we only you know fall into those patterns because they are that's our comfort zone and i guess as humans we you know we're programmed to want to have routine and um be in our comfort zone and be you know have familiarity but we need to also understand that that's not a good thing a lot of the time and that it will be uncomfortable to change. But if you can persist with it, it's going to then, you know, completely rewire things and set you up to be able to um, just have so much better quality of life. So it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I think it takes a level of um, being able to step back and watch your experience, like that separation. And I've noticed times in my life where I'm it's harder for me to do that there are some 
times in my life where I can sit back and just observe how I'm feeling and how I'm thinking and then kind of like examine it from there, like a bird's eye view of, of our own life. I think that that's a really great skill and it helps a lot because um, someone described it to me once. It's like either you're in the movie of your life or you're watching the movie. And when you're in the movie of your life, it can you can be very reactive. Something mm -hmm. happens, you feel something, you immediately act out. And when you can watch the movie of your life, oh, this feeling just came into my stomach. Oh, I'm feeling really guilty. I'm feeling really sad. And I get to just examine what that's like and where it's coming from. Oh, I'm feeling sad because this person said this or did that. And I'm feeling like what they mean by that is that I'm not doing a good job or something like that. So I examine what's going on inside of me and then I get to like kind of suss it out and before I react to the situation. So that's yep. like a huge, huge skill to develop. Oh, ma massively. It's such an important skill. And I, I love the way you've put it as well. Of It's just a simple way to, to word that, you know, you're either in the movie or, or watching the movie of your life. And it's a, it's a huge thing. It's, you know, rather than being reactive, how can we really try and understand, you know, if I'm having a negative reaction to something, not try and just block it and move on. Think what, what what's, a, what's happened here? What's my, you know, it's anxiety is often telling us that there's something we need to change so rather than push it away all the time sit there and think hang on what's this this is tr this is there to help me this is there to tell me something is not working something's not right there's something inside of me that needs to change or that i'm doing that i need to change yeah it's like so important it's amazing when you can just look at all of your emotions and things like as messengers like i love that exactly. when you have anxiety okay what am i anxious about right now what is my body trying to tell me am i worried about the future okay like how do i how do i give my body what it needs how do i calm myself down and that's one thing i love about about meditation and what i've learned about that is that we're literally with our mind and getting into like a calm state and and not letting that our mind just keep going and going and going we we return like physiologically into like a more balanced place like our cells in, in in our body get to relax like our mind is sending signals of like you can hang you can chill like you're at peace it's mm -hmm. okay and and how most of the day we're probably thinking about a million things so we don't give ourselves that time to rest but it's just like what messages are we sending our body and what messages is our body sending us yeah absolutely um and that sort of leads to another thing i wanted to ask you about um i've you know saying that you you're a singer as well and um i guess like a lot of meditation is and, and creativity you know is hard to do if you're not able to be present and i know for myself i've been pursuing acting for a number of years and the thing i love most about it is it's just it's a creative outlet for me and it's a way to you know be able to learn about myself and other people and just express things that i can't get out in day-to-day -day life but it's like a form of meditation almost that's what i love so much about it that you're there when you're performing you're not thinking about um anything else you're just in that moment um is that you know what 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 got you into singing has that been something you've done for a long time and are there a lot of those kind of benefits you find from it yes um I actually have a very interesting relationship with singing. I didn't start singing until I was maybe 17 when I broke my collarbone and I couldn't play sports anymore for a year and I, I started singing. And it was always something that I felt like I had a, a bit of a natural like ability to do it. So it almost felt like I had to use it 
it's it's so that there's ways that the narrative around singing for me um wasn't healthy and especially because in in society and being a singer and like it's so easy to to measure myself against others and compare yourself to other people who have amazing voices and things like that so to be honest singing is a place where i've had to do a lot of like unleashing and and finding freedom with it because it can be very um tainted by by all of that stuff and i guess just just ego comes into it and it's like oh well Massively, yeah. uh, it totally blocks the joy so mm -hmm. I've had to work really hard the past few years I got the opportunity to start singing often and um, it's it's been beautiful to to really like explore my my craft and see what I can do um, but I'm still on that journey of really letting go and allowing myself to be completely free while I'm singing um, I find that when I'm working with people or talking to people about my internal like experience or spirituality or um, rewiring the mind, I can get into this flow state where I feel like I just feel connected and, and I'm very present. Um, mm -hmm. And when it comes to singing, it's so interesting because a lot of people think it's a very freeing thing to do and you must get into a flow state. Um, and it, it happens from time to time, but for the most part, I, I'm I'm working still to find that freedom, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense for sure, and I've found that as well. And I think, yeah, that's the thing because it's and it's that continual um, battle between how do I just let go and you know do this, and how do I and and stop myself from needing to compete with others, worry about what other and, and I mean it's a pretty t hard thing to do. You've got to be so vulnerable. You you know you you really um, exposing yourself when you go and, and, and do it. So it's so difficult not to get caught up in all of that. But um, I think it's probably just a, like you're saying, a continual journey where you keep learning and it doesn't, you know, that doesn't end either. That just, that's part of probably with everything, with growing through everything else that you do, it's probably part of the same process of, of doing that. But it's. Yeah. And it goes know. back to what we were saying about how when, when we want to do something or achieve something and it really matters that where our intentions are and what place we're coming from and with the singing thing i i know that i have so much to share and that yeah. the most authentic would be like the most authentic expressions will come from that deeper part of me that doesn't care what people think that sings mm -hmm. for the love of singing and sings to share with others and so I'm really excited for that to be to be able to, to unleash that and share it with people um, uh, a hurdle for me has been just like I'm playing instruments and not growing up playing instruments and, and trying yeah. to, to learn it later in life. And I, I kind of have that thing where if I'm not super good at it right away, I, I want to just put it down. And that's, yeah. that's what I'm trying to, to push through is just give it the time. And, and the, the funny thing is that I'll, I'll look at other people who live, breathe, music and singing and play all the time and i compare my abilities to theirs when i i'm putting my efforts in and many things it's not just music and not to say they aren't too but it's one of those things where it's it's not to get um down on on yourself if maybe you're not where you want to be yet and continuing to put in the work to to grow and it, it, it takes a lot of time and effort um but 
for me, it's always about coming down to that intention. Like the reason why I want to get really good at playing guitar and, and, and accompanying myself is, is so that I can express myself in, in the most authentic and the, in the deepest way. Which is such a, what's well, such a great reason to, to do it. And, and you don't, re, you don't have, you know, you can, you're, you're in control of that. You're allowed to, you know, that's something that you don't need anyone else to tell you that you can or can't do. It's up to you to do it for yourself. But I know it, it is, um, and I think that point in general that you made is so important. Um, and I've talked about that quite a lot in the past where I think now more than ever, um, I mean, with social media and with just how fast everything is, everyone no one wants to like take the time to like learn a skill properly they want everything to happen right now um and we do what you're talking about you know look at people that have probably been doing something for 10 20 years uh and we think oh well why am i not as good as them right now and they're so much more talented than me or whatever it is but it's not it's not true like we it's just about am i willing to go and you know take take the steps to to get there and and do it for myself but um, do you see that in, in a lot of your experience that people are just very much wanting that quick fix rather than um, going and, and just taking the time to, to do things in their own way? Yeah, I mean, I, I see it myself, so I definitely see it <laughs> in others too. But I also, yeah. when, I, when I do see the opposite, I recognize it and probably because it's more rare. It's more rare yeah. now to be to be willing to... And because everything these days is it's it's like documented it seems you know and it's like everything's in front of the camera and people don't know what's happening behind the scenes or leading up to the day of shooting something or how much work goes into becoming who you are and refining your crafts and things like that but I definitely do think that social media and how fast everything is is having an impact on on people's ability to even focus or be still like we're so overstimulated with social media and I see that with myself and I as well and I really really want to like I try to give myself that compassion to remember it makes sense why it can be difficult to get calm sometimes or mm-hmm. or to just find joy and pleasure in the simple moments because we now have all this stimulation. Like when my parents were growing up and they didn't have a cell phone, they didn't have to look through what everybody else was doing and looking at all these different parts of the world where they aren't at and everybody's skills and everybody's material possessions, like constantly overstimulated with information and what people are doing to, and then you can compare that to your experience or it's just, it's just not very natural and it ends up making us, um, a little bit more busy and like less able to just sit in the quiet. And I think that that ability to sit with the quiet and put that work in, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, am I able to just take the the time to to get really good at what I want to do? Or am I trying to take a shortcut? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it does, it's all, it is one of the same thing. And it's so important. It's an important part of like life isn't meant to be. And I think we've like completely like butchered what it means to actually be happy. People think happiness is like, is stimulation is like, I need to acquire more. I need praise. I need validation. I need to have the shiny car and house and, you know, best family or whatever it is. And 
so then you're just on this hamster wheel trying to obtain it where it's like it's not that but we you know we've been conditioned in that way where um we can't like just re- enjoy the just the basics in life and just realize that life isn't about all that stuff the enjoyable parts of life are like all the gray parts and the in between and you know walking down and getting getting your coffee in the morning or um i don't know going and working out in a park or whatever it is going you know doing these things that are not to do with being on that hamster wheel but we are trying to you know buy it through all those different things so i think it's um i don't know hopefully something with can change with social media um longer term but i think in the short term we need to learn how to you know manage it how to like if we're going to use it, um, how do I how do I be disciplined with it? The same way that we are with like, I'm not going to eat junk food all day. Um, I need to set provisions around how I actually use these tools because they're, they're, they're if I start abusing them, it's incredibly unhealthy for my mind. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, what's your relationship with them? And are you conscious enough to be aware of your relationship with them? Or are they just using you? And it's like yeah. the same thing with our minds, I think, like, the mind can just use you unless you mm-hmm. learn to use your mind, like to have mm-hmm. ownership over your own mind is, is huge. But to talk about like the happiness thing, I feel like that's something that I think about a lot because whenever I, I start asking myself, like, what do I, what do I want out of this life and what, what's the purpose and things like that? It's always like, I want, I mean, I, I, first of all, before anything, before any, like material achievement, anything like I just want to be happy. I just mm. want to be happy. That's all that really matters to me personally. Um, and I want to say that I think with the social social media culture and everything that's happening and the increasing level of like difficulties with mental health, I, I do hope and think that people are becoming more and more at least on the verge of being willing to look for something deeper because at a certain point, what I found back in the day was that all of these methods I was using to trying to find happiness, which is drugs, alcohol, looking for validation, they weren't working ultimately. It's like with the Buddhists, I, I know they have this phrase called the hungry ghost and it's kind of like everything just passes right through you. So at a certain point you realize that this equation you've been using to find happiness isn't working and maybe mm-hmm. I should look for a, a different equation. And, and for me, my, my happiness, it really comes down to remembering like the, the bigger sense of reality, which is that we are currently on a planet in the middle of space. And that's pretty insane. And that I am actually a living being experiencing life on earth in a human body and my, all of my, all the different parts of my body come together just perfectly to give me this experience and just the sensations of being alive, like touch and taste and smell and all the the beautiful things that we get to experience, really remembering that is what brings me that sense of fulfillment. And like all the other stuff can just be so shiny and so alluring. It pulls you in. Oh, this feels good. This Mm. looks good. And I'm someone where I, I'm very grateful that my I'm very sensitive to that. And the moment I start caring about 
the the more surface level things or the moment I start looking for my worth in the material I end up really really being in a lot of emotional pain and it's caused me personally to to see through that smoke and mirrors and realize that in order for me to be happy I need to remember what and who I really am and it kind of goes back to what we were saying before um, about like breaking out of I, I guess I didn't I didn't say it but I wanted to but just to bring up breaking out of self-centeredness that's yeah. been the most life-changing thing when I was younger I didn't even I didn't know what it meant to be self-centered and I remember my dad would say to me just be considerate of others and I'm like what are you talking about? Because I couldn't figure it out. I was too young to really understand. But the most life-changing thing that's, that's ever happened to me personally was, was realizing that the world doesn't revolve around me, that everyone else is having their own experience of life. And in fact, it's all like, it's all the same experience. Mm. It's all just mm -hmm. life. We're all experiencing life simultaneously on a planet in the middle of a vast universe. So <laughs> these are things that I really like to think about because they light me up inside. Yeah. I mean, they, and they give you perspective and it, it's so important to think about. And, um, and it's all about having that self-awareness about that, about, you know, again, like it goes back to, I think what you were talking about earlier with rather than just being inside the movie, watching the movie and understanding that. Um, and it is a, it's a liberating thing to realize that we're all, you know, dealing with good, bad, indifferent things every day. We're all, you know, life's cyclical. Life's no matter who you are, it's going to be up and down and things are going to happen and we're going to have to deal with them. Um, but there's a lot of beauty in that. And it's, you know, if we can embrace that, then we can um, really find ways to simplify that this whole experience and and make it you know make it less of a struggle for ourselves so uh so do you have any um things you do daily that help you i mean i i exercise every day i meditate i do gratitude journaling do you have little like techniques and things you do that we could um share with anyone listening here yes for sure so um First, I like every every morning when I wake up, I, I definitely want to take the time to, to set the tone for the day. So I'll do a 20 minute meditation. It can be however long you want. But I do think that um, taking that time in the morning to to meditate and just get quiet. It, it's such a beautiful thing. And, it, and it's it's self-esteem building. That's what I've found, too, with the way that we can get self-esteem is through doing esteemable acts. So when I meditate, when I treat myself lovingly, it's like this loop where I'm, I'm showing myself what I feel that I'm, I'm worth. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, I also want to say that because I struggled with the eating disorder for a long time, like I'm, I'm happy to say that I was able to form a very healthy relationship with food. And, and the way that I was able to do that was getting, was, was solving the same issues that, that were resulting in the drugs and alcohol problem and the being unhappy, which is just finding that love for myself. And I did that through healing past traumas and pain. So for anybody who's struggling with unhealthy habits, which I know a lot of people do, oftentimes we, we have habits that we wanna change, but we can't seem to break them. And the way that I was able to do that was, was healing um, a lot of the, the pain that I had 
figuring out where that unhealthy habit was was coming from and then slowly um yeah just learning to have more love and compassion for myself allowed me to treat myself lovingly so all this to say that my daily life now is is full of healthy habits and that yeah. wasn't always the case it's literally nine day from how i used to be but mm. i work out every day because i enjoy working out and that's a funny thing because back in the day you know i might find myself working out for the wrong reasons and yeah. even in the past few years if i'm not in a great place um, I could find myself starting to work out for the wrong reasons. So it's it's really about the intention. And I I um, was with someone for a while who said that, you know, working out for him is like brushing his teeth. It's like we it's you do things that are good for you. And it's it's not a question. And it's not yeah, like yeah. a forceful thing. It, it comes from love. Like I physically want to move my body. It feels good. It builds self-esteem and it's it's healthy. And like we said, you know, without our health, what what do we really have? But I need to love yeah. myself enough to feel like I even want to take care of my body. So I work out, I meditate, I eat very healthy. I try to do things that, that I'm passionate about. So um, either like reading a spiritual book, like things that fill my spirit, reading a spiritual book, um, writing or playing my guitar and writing songs. So doing those those passionate things. And one thing I do consistently every day that I've done for seven or eight years that I attribute so much of my personal growth to is journaling. It's like yeah. my most life-saving thing ever. Anytime I'm feeling anything, I write about it. I can pick up my phone and just write, I'm feeling really terrible right now because this, this, and that. And I just break it down mm. and then I try to turn it around and I say, but I, I didn't think about it this way. And maybe I can think about it that way. So it's like coming, writing down whatever issue I'm facing or whatever I'm feeling, whatever emotions are coming up, dissecting why it is that they're coming up and maybe how I can view it differently. So every night before bed, I, I journal about my day, whether or not I was embodying or carrying the, the values that I, that I hold. Like, was I being truthful? Was I being helpful to others? Was I only caring about myself? And I don't do that to beat myself up. I do that to just take note and then remember that, okay, tomorrow I can work on maybe changing anything that, that I was finding isn't isn't making me a happy person and a helpful person. So journaling for sure. And um, I think that's, those are my, those are my big ones. That's great. And, and I, with the journaling, it would be, I guess also like because you instead of having these thoughts circulating and you know sitting in there it's a way to really get them out and then acknowledge them and then like you're saying look at okay then here you know I can actually see what what I'm feeling and I can start you know set an intention to to work on it which I think it's it's so important because so much of our like stress comes from having thoughts just running through our head but we don't address them we just let them stay you know going crazy in our mind and it just gets more and more. It's like, you know, loading up a bin uh, with rubbish and you just keep like shoving more in and stomping on it. Eventually it's going to like explode. So you've got to find ways to filter that out. Uh, yeah. And and I love what you said about um, exercise as well, because I, I do that. I've been exercising my whole life and um, I, I just enjoy it. It's like my favorite part of the day. I just love the feeling of doing it, the process of doing it. I always say that same thing that for me, exercise is the same as like sleeping and eating. It's just something 
I do. And um, I've had so many friends like over the years asking, how do I, I want to get fit. How do I do it? And I always say, well, make it into a habit that you enjoy and do it not because you want to get that end result. Um, but most, a lot of people don't listen to that. But if you do it because it's like, because for me, it just, it feels amazing. And it's like the best thing for my mind. And you feel so clear and creative and I like look forward to that. And then, I mean, if there's a, if there's an external um, byproduct of it, that's great, but like, that's not why you're doing it. So I think that just applies to like everything we've talked about as well. It's like such an important point. Yeah, the intention. I really, really think that when the intention for me personally is just like surface level, it's just about what it looks like, it's going to crash and burn. It's not going to work for me. My intention yeah. needs to come down to something deeper within myself because my motivation and what's going to sustain me it's like putting gas in a car versus putting like water in the engine you know yeah it's yeah. just it's not going to work so I, exactly. I have to really fuel my motivation uh i i have to connect to the reason why i'm doing it and it, it for me it has to come down to something as deep as as self-love and yeah also yeah. I, I do when i meet people who feel like they have to force themselves to work out like i get it like i totally understand that i always feel bad because i'm like i don't that would suck that would really not be fun like if if i was like had to force myself to work out every day oh i don't want to but i have to you know so changing that exactly. narrative to like i get to do this this is beautiful this makes me feel amazing and i honor myself enough to do it so it's really about the story which it does tie to everything that, that we talked about. Yeah. And doing that for everything we're doing, you know, changing those stories, trying to make everything, you know, nothing in life needs to be that painful experience in the sense of, you know, I don't want to do this. And I'm just like forcing myself through and it just feels yuck. Like we can find a way to make everything, even if they're difficult tasks, um, have meaning and enjoyable and, you know, not be that like that struggle for ourselves. So it, it really does. And I love everything you've talked about. Um, we finish every every episode i've got like the same five questions we ask everyone so um these can be like one line answers or whatever comes to mind they don't have to be sort of big answers um but yeah always find it interesting to see the the different ones that come up so um the first one we have is um what is your best childhood memory again there might be plenty of them but just one that comes to mind <laughs> The one that's coming to mind is um, growing up at, at my dad's house. My parents were separated. So um, at my dad's house, he would just always play with us so much when we were little. And we'd play this, this really fun games in our living room. It was just like a madhouse. We could do really whatever we wanted, like tie ropes to the banister and like go swinging around. And so some of my favorite memories were just playing with him and um, we'd play this game called camouflage where we'd all hide behind something and he'd count and we'd all run around and hide in the next spot. So that's just what came to mind automatically. Yeah. I love that. Um, what, what do you think is currently the biggest burden on mental health in society? Hmm. Probably social media. Yeah. That's been the most common one that, that comes up probably 90% of the time. I, I agree. I think it's probably the biggest. Harrison. Oof. Yeah, there's so many negatives. Um, where do you see mental health um, in society being in, in 10 years' time? Do you see things sort of um, getting better, getting worse, a bit of both? I would say a bit of both. I feel like mm. 
things are progressing like they're always progressing and but hopefully it'll balance out hopefully like we have this technology thing is is not even that old it's it's in the last however many years hundred years or more it's just been growing and growing and growing so maybe we'll get to that point where we will evolve in our ability to handle it and it will yeah. balance out um, but it might need to get worse before it can get better yeah i totally agree i think that's what will happen it will eventually level out but yeah it, it might take a while uh so two more here um what's your personal definition of happiness good question my personal definition of happiness is it's like my ability to be present and appreciate and appreciate life yeah that's great um final one what would you say is the most courageous thing you've ever done I think the most courageous thing I've ever done was was uh, dive into my my pain, dive into all the things that that I hid and buried deep down within myself that I felt like I wanted to keep there forever and that I would never un unravel. But I yeah. I walked straight into into that and um, and and went and healed it because it was it was killing me so but mm. i can look back and and see that that was really courageous because i think that there's a reason that we all want to walk the other way sometimes yeah from our pain 100 percent. that's it's a tough thing to do but such an important thing so i've really enjoyed chatting to you about all of this and i'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about but i just want to say yeah thank you so much for being so open and talking to me and I've you know really enjoyed it I've learned a lot from it I'm sure everyone listening will take a lot out of it and I think it's amazing what you're doing and I mean at 25 it's incredible that you um have already done so much and grown so much and you know have I think it's exciting all the things you're gonna you know do in the future so um again yeah thank you for for talking about it thank you so much it's a pleasure appreciate it this episode of Move Your Mind was produced and edited by Tim Buzard. Thanks to Nikki Kramen for joining me today for Move Your Mind. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.